0: Welcome to the Sales and Presentation Podcast. This is the podcast for businesses and individuals who want to transform their sales activity, deliver awesome presentations, and win more sales pitches. And now, here is your host, Trevor Lee.
1: Welcome, everybody, to episode 96 of the Sales and Presentation Podcast. It's now February. So how are your sales going? Have they started have you started the year uh, as you would expect? Are things looking good for you or uh, not quite as good as you would want? Or uh, so anyway, on this episode I uh, I'm going to share with you the six some six top tips actually about sales that I was privileged uh, to be invited to speak at a business event recently and my brief was share with the audience six top tips to help them grow their sales in 2020. Now, all of these businesses were a complete mix. Some were very established, some were literally startups. So it doesn't matter what sort of business you are, hopefully you'll get something from these six top tips. So here we go. Let's, let's, let's crack on and let's share those six top tips. So my first one is know your numbers. What do I mean by that? Well, you need to be, don't you, on top of your sales data. Do you know, for example, which of your products and service are the most purchased ones? Now, you would say, yeah, yeah, it's all in our CRM system, it's all there. But are you actually looking at that? Are you analysing it or do you just know the data is there? Or are you looking at it occasionally? Do you have a proper sales meeting, regardless of the size of your company, at least once a month where you go through this sort of data? Do you know who your top 10, top 20, top even 50 customers are? Do you know which of your products and services are generating the most margins? And have you looked at the customers that you're spending an awful lot of time with that are actually generating you very little revenue? I call this the high-maintenance, low-revenue grid. So it's very simple. You just create a four-box grid, and in it you identify where your customers are. Are they high or low-maintenance? Are they high or low-revenue? So if you end up with people in the high-revenue, low-maintenance box, that's perfect. That's like the people who buy gym membership and never turn up. (laughs) <laughs> they're very low maintenance because they're never there, but they give you the revenue. But if you've got customers who are high maintenance, you know, the ones you're always having to do stuff for, the ones are always chasing you, always got. To, they're not really complaining, but they're always just pointing out things that aren't quite right. And actually they're, they're generating not much revenue for you. So the question you've got to ask yourself is, do you need to keep those customers? Would you be better off without them? Because when you add up all the time that you're putting in there, Actually, you might not be making any profit out of them at all. So know your numbers. And you know, including that is your target. Have you got a target for 2020 overall or by sector? If you've got an overall target, often it's very it's easier or it looks easier on paper to achieve it if you break it down. So if you say, Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a million pounds in sales or ten million pounds in sales or a hundred thousand pounds in sales or whatever it might be, that you know, Depend on the size of your company, of course, but it can feel quite daunting, can't it, when you look at that number? But if you break that down into sectors, so if you're, you know, your your products produce X amount, and you break your products down even further, and then you've got services you do X amounts, and you've got support contracts that produce X amount, that sort of thing, then it can look a lot less daunting if you're going to achieve that target. So get on top of your numbers. It's really, really important. It will make a difference to your business. So that's number one, right? Number two is review your marketing. Now, some of you are going to have marketing departments. Some of you are going to have a marketing person. Some of you are going to be the marketing person. But it doesn't matter. Again, you need to every so often, and you know, maybe this is quarterly, just sit down for a couple of hours and review your marketing. Is it working? What are you spending your money on? Okay. Now, one of the dangers, I, one of the things I see in a lot of the businesses that I do some work with is that the marketing tends to follow the marketing person. So if your marketing person is, is uh, really, really hot on social media, then there's a very good chance that most of your marketing is going to be social media. But is that right for your company? If your marketing person you know, is maybe a more traditional marketing person, then they might be spending more money on print materials or, or, or you know, proper advertising, as I would call it. <laughs> but again, is that right for your company? Um, it may be that you've, you know, your marketing person is really hot on website activity or shooting videos. So that's what you're doing. But what you've got to do is you've got to make sure that the marketing is right for your company, and particularly for your customers or your potential customers. You know, How are you going to attract your potential customers? What mediums are they looking at? How can you get close to them? Because it's such a crowded world out there, isn't it? There's so much stuff going on. And if you're in the business to business sector... Then look at, you know, is your LinkedIn profile up to date? Things like that. Have you got a nice picture? Is it you? Are you contributing to it? I know some people who are really prolific on LinkedIn and it's working brilliantly for them. And I know others that could be and aren't. So review your marketing, but ask yourself some big, big questions and challenge your marketing department to see whether they're actually, you know, doing it because that's what they like doing, right? Or whether it's really good for your company, because it's attracting your customers. Because you're, you know, remember the rules. Uh, you know, the advertising rules that I was brought up with when I first started selling advertising about 100 years ago. You know, your marketing, your advertising, it has to get attention. It has to create interest. It has to sort of like build desire and it has to create some sort of action. Because if it doesn't do all four of those, then you know, you're you not going to get anything out of it, are you? So work hard on your marketing. Right, number three is you need to respond quickly. This is a big one for organisations now. It's a really big one. And I find that the more, you know, I'm working with quite a few different businesses at the moment, and this is a common thread throughout, is that most of them still don't realise how important it is to respond quickly. Now, why do you need to do that? And I don't mean like within five seconds, but certainly, you know, the same day ideally, or the worst case scenario, the next day. So if you're not responding for one, two, three, four, five, a week, (laughs) days or a week that may not be great so why is it important well sales is is about momentum if I contact your company and let's let's get this into context now remember that it's reckoned in the business to business sector and you'll have heard me bang on about this before that around 70% of people are coming to you having done their research and decided your product or your service and your company is the best thing for them to buy you know so they're already they're ready to buy from you. The reason they're contacting you is just to get confirmation that they've made the right decision. So if you don't answer their phone, their phone call, or you don't respond to their email, or, or they or they turn up to your premises and you you ignore them, <laughs> then that they're going to go away. So if someone does phone up, they've got momentum, haven't they? They've made a big choice to ring you up, so you've got to respond. You've got to be ready to take that call. And of course, you've got to make sure that your first impression is really good, because if this is, you know, if the way that call is answered and the first impression isn't the right one, then I'm going to think, hang on, you know, the website looked great, all the marketing messages I saw looked great, but hey, the way they answer the phone or the way they greet me when I walk in the store is not great. So make sure that's right and do it. And then if I do, if you do get a chance, you know, if you leave me a voice, if I leave you a voicemail, because I know you know you can't I, I can't expect you to answer your mobile phone all the time you've got you know you've got other things on you know but i don't answer my mobile phone all the time because if i'm with another client i can't do that but what i can do is i can respond to the voicemail pretty quickly even if it's a holding text and say thanks for your voicemail um, i'm i'm tied up today but i will be back onto it tomorrow so just keep your customers informed and all that sort of stuff and make sure that when they do ring you you're onto it so that reminds me I've, you know, what's your on-hold music like? Because I've recently had, uh, for, for, for a couple of reasons, I've had to uh, contact some big organisations in the utility sector. And the on-hold music drives me mad. It's just so terrible. And it's really loud as well. So you have to t- I, I like to speak, to, you know, talk to people on speakerphone because so I can write then at the same time, and I, I find it I can hear it a lot better as well. And then you get this awful music just belting out at you, and it's about three times louder than the person was speaking. So, oh. so what's your on-hold music or message like? When was the last time you checked it? When was the last time you changed it? So the people who top and tail this email are Amy and Toby, and they're from voicebuddy.co.uk. And that's exactly what they do. They produce on-hold messages and on-hold music. So they'll sort you out with a great message and a great piece of music just for you. So get a hold of uh, Toby or Amy at voicebuddy.co.uk. You can look them up online and they will sort that message out for you. We've had three so far of my top tips which I gave at this presentation. Know your numbers, review your marketing and respond quickly. Right, number four is simply make it easy to buy from you. And I have a bit of fun with the audience when I do this one. Because um, without giving the game away, because you might want to hire me to come to your uh, event and speak at your event. But essentially, I've got a, a, an old suitcase. And in the suitcase, I've got a wetsuit and a T-shirt and some money. Not, it looks like real money, but actually it isn't. So I produce the money out of the suitcase and say, right, who wants to, who wants to have a little bet with me? And out comes the T-shirt and the wetsuit. And I say, right, here's the challenge. I just want one of you to. Uh, we'll both of us leave the room. I'll take the t-shirt. You take the wetsuit. First one back wearing the item of clothing wins the money. If you lose, you pay me the same amount of money. And guess what? There are no takers. Now, if I change it around, usually people think, well, this can't be right. This is too easy." But the point I'm making is that you know, is it's been, uh, you know, it's getting into that wetsuit. Is it? It's tricky, isn't it? If you if you ever got a wetsuit on, it's tricky, isn't it? So is it as tricky for your customers to buy from you as it is to get in that wetsuit? Or is it as straightforward as slipping on that T-shirt? So are you a wetsuit company or a T-shirt company in the eyes of your customers? Good question to ask. Try buying something from your own company. But really make sure you thoroughly investigate your buying process from a customer's point of view. Because it might you might think, oh, it's straightforward, it's easy. Everybody, you know, Everybody understands how to buy from our company. Well, you might be surprised that actually they don't. They find it really tricky. So that's number four, challenge that. Number five is know when to shut up. There we go. (laughs) That was a little practice to show you how to shut up. Most say lots of sales go astray because the person who uh, thinks they're the salesperson, whether they're a salesperson or just a person helping with the sales, they just feel as though they've got to talk and, talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, and keep going through the benefits, the benefits, the benefits of the cut of the product or service. Don't do that. Let the customer do the talking. Okay, that sounds like an old BT ad, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember now. But lots of sales are lost because the sellers or whoever's responsible for you know acquiring the order just talk too much. I bet it's something to you. You've been trying to buy something. And you've lost momentum. You've been put off because the person selling to you just goes on and on and on, bores you, and you get fed up with them, and you go away. So, don't let that happen in your company. Know when to shut up. Let the buyer give the buyer some time to think, and you know don't break the silence. You know if there's silence for three seconds, they can't possibly think about making a decision in three seconds. Give them some time. They will speak first. If you keep you speak first, you lose the sales momentum. You go back to the beginning. Da de, da da da. It's a very simple technique, but it does work. Try it. Right, last one. Follow up. People in business, they you know, you get all excited because someone wants to uh, you know, has you, asked you to quote, okay, or you you know, you've been you had a chat about it, you've been asked to quote, then you send out your proposal by email, and then you don't hear anything and then you follow up by saying have you had my email or did you get my voicemail and then nothing happens and then you maybe do that once more time and then you give up okay so we've talked about this before but it's really important so make sure a in the first place that your proposal is a good one don't you know i think i'll tell you what the thing that really bugs me about proposals is that, and, you know, some of the companies I work for, if they want a, you know, website designers are terrible for this, all right? So if you're a website designer, really think about your proposal, all right? Because I don't need the first six pages to go banging on about how brilliant you are, all right? I know that because we've had the conversation, and that's why I called you, all right? You don't need to remind me. All I want to know is what you're going to do for me and, and and then fundamentally what my investment's going to be. So make it short, make it simple, and, you know, don't turn it into a 40-page booklet, okay, which is predominantly about you. So that's that's getting the proposal right in the first place because if you send me a great long proposal it's all about you and then somewhere at the back it tells you what you're going to do for me, I'm not going to read it, okay? And then you can email me and say, have you had my proposal? Have you read it yet? And I'll go, yes, I've had it. No, I haven't. <laughs> okay. So come on. Sharpen up your, uh, your proposals and then sharpen up your follow-up. So in your follow-up, don't say, have you read my email yet? <laughs> okay. Instead, give me some extra thinking. Say, oh, by the way, since I sent you that proposal, this has happened or this has come on the market, or I've had a bit of a rethink about item number three, and I think you'd be better off if you did this, that, and the other. So you know, that's the way to follow up a proposal. Up a proposal is to add some more value. Okay, stay on the radar. People will eventually come back to you. And when you put your proposal together, I nearly forgot to, you know, don't forget three alternatives. Don't just give me one option because then you're saying to me, take it or leave it. Give me three options. So there we go. Six simple, but hopefully effective tips. Suitable for your business, whatever size your business is. Probably cost you nothing to implement any of those. Just a bit of time, just a bit of focus. Now, finally, um, I've got a little booklet. It's called Transform Your Sales in 2020. It's a proper printed booklet. There's only a few of them. I've only had 50 printed. I've only got a few left. But if you would like one, then please, you know, drop me your postal address, and I'll mail one to you. So there we go. So good luck with your sales in 2020, and don't forget to implement those techniques. Right, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you for listening. The Sales and Presentation Podcast is a production of Trevor Lee Media. If your organisation needs to transform its sales activity and re-energise its sales team, or you need help with a key presentation or sales pitch, then please get in touch with Trevor via Trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk or call him on 07785 390 717. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do leave a review on iTunes or via your podcast app. Thank you.